Mr. Brand Monroe, we are here for a special. Uh, we're going to talk through the news from uh, Kaz uh, Kazakhstan, namely um, Kazatom Prom's Q4 23 uh, and, and year-end operational trading update. Um, big news, big news. So they're not going to be producing at the rates everyone had hoped. Uh, what can, did you read the press release and what do you make of it? Yeah, we. Um, so everyone out there, Matt and I recorded a normal energy show a little bit earlier today and uh, literally as we were setting up for it, the news came through. Uh, so we had a couple of comments there, but now we've had the chance to read properly. And this is not entirely new news. It was uh, flagged by Kazadam Prom in early January, but now we've got the detail and now we can pick through what the implications are. So look, I think the first thing, Matt, is that uh, there isn't, much to the disappointment of some of the uranium bulls out there, there isn't an immediate supply crisis. We aren't going to see Gazatom from flooding the spot market with demand over the next few weeks. They've, they've confirmed that 2023 production was basically in line with expectations, only down 1%. Uh, so 2023 was a pretty good year for them, tracking very closely to 80% of subsoil use agreement levels. However, they've now detailed a number of issues, particularly with asset availability in Kazakhstan. That means that their intended ramp up from 80 to 90 in 2024 and from 90 to 100% at subsoil use agreements in 2025 is now unlikely. And they've revised their guidance for 2024 to the 80%. And they haven't offered guidance on 2025, but they've issued what I think is a very clear warning uh, that uh, the 100% ambition is unrealistic. Right. Okay. And I think, um, and that's the, that's the here and now. And I, I had that sort of confirmed yesterday with a conversation with um, with Yellow Cake, uh, which is but sort of European counterpart, um, in that they believe that they they will Kazanfrom will deliver into existing. Contracts with with them in terms of for 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 those pounds, um, you know, some people might, might argue, well, that may, perhaps it's wishful thinking. And how do you know? But they, no, they've got to deliver against physical. They've said that they would, and I think uh, Yellow Cake's belief is that that they will actually do that. Now that's today. As the year goes on, what, what you know, do we expect to see the same sort of commitment to to contracts and the same sort of level of um, attitude towards the kind of current risk? by the end of this year? Well, I think it could be quite different, and that's what will be interesting. Yes, we will see the same commitment to contracts. In this business, failing to meet a delivery is an existential threat to your business. The question is, what would they need to do to honour those contracts if there are further disruptions? My read on this announcement and my background knowledge on the area suggests that the risk is certainly to the downside. They've flagged a number of concerns with uh, solving the acid uh, difficulties that they have. These numbers appear to be predicated on an assumption that they solve the acid numbers. And whilst they used language suggesting that they had a number of ideas and some plans, nothing concrete was offered. The only concrete discussion in this release about uh, solutions for the acid shortage is in fact an acid plant and uh, you dig around a little bit and you find some disclosures from uh, uh, previously suggesting that that acid plant was only scheduled to be commissioned in 2026. 
So even with the construction of the asset plant going to schedule, it doesn't seem like it's going to solve any of their asset shortages in 2024 or 2025. So my read is the risk is to the downside. Uh, and then Kazatomprom will have to rely on a variety of mechanisms if they do underproduce to then ensure those deliveries. And of course, that includes inventory management, but it also includes a tactic that's been used by all of the major producers over the last few years, which is buying into the spot market or buying off joint venture partners to fill any gaps. Right. I question for you, and this is a slightly nuanced in the, in the, in the sense that they spent an inordinate amount of words explaining why the sulfuric acid shortage was affecting their business and lots of references to what else is going on elsewhere in the world. So, um, and, and I, want, I would love your thoughts on this one because you, there's a few conspiracy theories going on. Or theories, they're theories, they're theories, okay, about, well, actually, sulfuric acid is readily available from uh, China. Um, this is just an excuse. Kaz Adamprom laid it out, has laid it out slightly differently. How, how, did, how did you read that sort of extensive explanation from that? Yeah. Well, look, it was very helpful. It was very helpful. They explained that they're having difficulty sourcing sulfuric acid domestically, primarily because of huge agricultural demand for the production of fertilizers. And whilst we won't go into it now, uh, in our energy show a couple of years ago, we talked about some of the implications of Ukraine war on world fertilizer markets and so on. So that comes as no surprise to someone watching this region carefully. But interestingly, they also said that they've, they implied that they've tried to buy acid off their neighbors and nothing's available. And that's also consistent of what we know about acid availability in the industrial powerhouse of Russia to the north, and for that matter, their other neighbors. Bear in mind that Kazakhstan is a landlocked country. So if they can't get it from their neighbors, that pretty much means they can't get it from anywhere. Um, in terms of what I, what I wonder about when I see the number of words, as you put it, about the explanations is whether capital markets will read that as being an over-explanation and therefore an indicator of nervousness or an indicator that they want to make sure that they're well protected should this really emerge as an increasing uh, issue into the future. And there's probably uh, that's probably worth watching as well. Well, yeah, it is worth watching, certainly in, in the region. And I guess more broadly, globally, in, in, the, in the metals market, is, as a you know, he heavily used chemical, um, I have not heard this from elsewhere yet, but perhaps it's coming down the line. Do you think that potential problem coming down the line? Well, I mean, if you think about it, so, so let's accept what we read in the announcement that they can't get anything across their border. So they're really exposed to their own solutions, whatever they might be, and the domestic asset availability. And if you just operate on first principles, you say, well, what's the primary source of demand for acid that they're pointing to? And that's fertilizer production. I don't see that going anywhere in the short term. And particularly given geopolitical issues with uh, global fertilizer markets that they actually um, referred to or implied in their announcement. So then you say, well, what would increase sulfuric acid supply in the short term in Kazakhstan? And typically, that is additional mining of sulfide deposits that throw off fatal acid or otherwise produce um, sulfides that um, enable the production of additional sulfuric acid. Now, we're not in a metals market that would support that assumption. 
with copper prices being where they are and nickel prices being where they are and, and other base metals. And whilst, whilst Kazakhstan is a very large producer of base metals and, uh, and precious metals as well, uh, you don't see an environment where you would expect an expansion. It probably points more towards a contraction of that level of sulfide uh, ore production. So again, I'm reading this as the risk is to the downside of asset availability, the risk is to the downside in terms of Kazakhstan meeting its production, and therefore the risk is to the upside in terms of further support for this burgeoning new uranium bull market. Okay. And obviously, I think we, we, we talked previously earlier this morning about the, the fact that if a the large, world's largest producer of uranium is, is struggling to get into production, I, I guess the, the warning bells are there for others looking to get into production either for the first time or restarts, etc. The supply curve is not going to be quite as smooth as perhaps people think it is. And again, will have a big effect, I think, on on, on price, which as investors, I, I suspect, you know, the bulls would be pretty excited um, to hear as a utility um, buyer of, of, of enriching uranium, etc. Maybe not so much. Can I, can I just um, talk about um, some of the neighbors, we're, we're at least definitely one of them, um, which is Uzbekistan, a, a, a producer of uranium. Um, will there be ripple effects coming out of Kazakhstan from which will, which will affect Uzbekistan? Uh, it's a great question, Matt, because they do flag regional acid constraints. And Uzbekistan is, of course, a neighbor to Kazakhstan. Now, Uzbekistan, you might know this, but it's one of only two double landlocked countries in the world. Uh, the other for interest's sake, is the great uranium-producing nation of Liechtenstein. So, <laughs> uh, and when you run through the list of Uzbek neighbours, and I'd need a map to be sure of this, but I think it's, apart from Kazakhstan being the very large neighbour, then you're into Turkmenistan and Kyrgyzstan and um, Afghanistan. Um, none of those countries have got big industries that, that lend themselves to being acid suppliers. So we do know from Kazatomcom's release that Uzbekistan is not long acid. They're not, they're not willing to sell acid across their border to Kazatomcom. And so the next question you'd have to ask yourself is, well, what does this mean for Uzbek current production from Navoy mining? And there's been a big emphasis from Irano and also CNNC on um, new production in Uzbekistan and developing new assets in Uzbekistan. So how does, if this is indeed a regional asset crisis, is it going to start affecting future production plans and existing production levels across the border? Now, unfortunately, it's going to be difficult to know that because we don't have a, a listed company that's going to be uh, reporting in the same transparent way on that. So it'll probably, we'll have to wait until the end of this year and start to see what those production numbers come out of official numbers from Uzbekistan. It'll be an interesting thing to watch for Irano disclosures uh, and uh, something that just adds further intrigue and I might add just presents another example where in this sector the risk seems to be the, to the downside in terms of future and medium-term supply. Interesting, interesting, interesting indeed. Uh, you mentioned that the, the plant build actually, and, and you've done a little bit of digging, 2026, it, it, it's a ways out. Um, may solve some problems, but not immediate. Um, the other aspect of this is growth, um, new development, new new investments. Um, maybe worth explaining, well, 
tell us what, what do you think you know was there any sort of mention of that any hints of that well um, i'll pull the numbers uh the the words up here for a moment because um there was some fairly strident comments about future growth and um essentially what they're saying that uh the future production the assets that are coming into production at the moment are significantly at risk people can look at the release themselves and have a look at that and um, you don't often see that sort of wording about new production when you're talking about joint venture partners so clearly there's downside risk for the new projects that are coming on board they're citing potential risks in approval of designs and other uh, development steps. So as well as steady state production now being guided to uh, continuing levels, not planned increases, they're flagging risk on these new developments. And your point about the sulfuric acid plant is a good one to pick up and probably as a last point today. Uh, the, the one solution that was put forward in the announcement for acid is a new acid plant and a big one, 800,000 tonnes. Uh, however, from our reading on the matter, we find that it's only ready in 2026 being commissioned. So this is further support for the uranium market, at least during 2024 and 2025. And until we see a more transparent and certainly a, a, a more tangible solution to their acid concerns, uh, it's going to be hanging in the balance until we've got some real strong certainty on when the new production from this big asset plant is going to come in. Yeah, and I, th I think they, they think the last paragraph actually in, in, in the um, most recent press release on it talks about if, if they do not solve um, the sulfuric acid um, access to it, um, if they don't solve that um, in the current year and they are not able to uh, affect uh, some change in the, in the current delay on the construction schedule, it's going to affect not just um, development projects in 2024, but also, I, I think the phrase is unfavorably influence uh, Kazatom's production plans for 2025. So the, the, the knock-on and the ripple effect there is huge indeed. Um, and um, I think there are also pains to talk about actually the transportation, the, the movement of product which they are um, shipping is, is, is all going quite well. What they don't talk about is where some of the future uh, product will be going east or west, I think is the the, the thing that people are most interested in um, going forward. But we will look forward to the 15th of March uh, when they give us some guidance on the on on the expected um, uh, financial results and presumably some more guidance um, in, in the market as well. So Brandon, I'm... Appreciate your time today. I know we we just had time to squeeze this one in. You're over in Namibia now, um, advancing your own project. Um, so uh, we will see you next week in Cape Town. We'll hear all about it. Um, appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks, Matt.